This song is kind of fitting to start off this weekend as the nation, our brothers and sisters in Florida, await the uh, pending Hurricane Dorian on Labor Day weekend. These these hurricanes sometimes just hit right at the beginning of September, right at Labor Day weekend, ruining a lot of people's Labor Days as they are now on the move and they are evacuating parts of Florida right now. But why is that song relevant? Because it's a topic I mentioned earlier in the week here on Keeping It Real with Alexander Garrett. And that topic is that there's still outcry that FEMA has had its funding pulled to solidify resources at the border. Now, again, as I mentioned on my podcast the other day, I'm okay with that. Because we've seen it before. We saw it this year when Puerto Rican officials were in handcuffs after they did not deliver the aid. There was corruption with the aid sent by our government down there to support the people after the disastrous Maria, Hurricane Maria. Well, how can anybody really trust what these cities do with the FEMA funding after all? And I think right now, as as Amphema's there, they're going to be with the President Trump over the weekend. We'll talk about that as well. But but right now, they have the resources needed. They have food. They have water going down to Florida. They have relief efforts already underway. And to say that you know Trump doesn't really care about Puerto Rico—that's a lie. What nobody cared about was that these. Politicians, this mayor of San Juan, didn't even want the funding, didn't even want to send the funding to the people, made it a political thing and not a human rights crisis solution, as it should have been. So when you see what the money is doing with FEMA, even within FEMA, I mean, there is an acting FEMA director now because Brock Long actually had to resign because of impropriety at the uh, at, at FEMA. But let me tell you, there's some interesting stories today. And so I don't mind resources at the border being solidified when we can't even trust how FEMA's using its money and the cities that get FEMA money and governments that get FEMA money, uh, state city governments that get the money is being used. But then there's another facet of this. So I mentioned Brock Long, and uh, he had to resign from FEMA because of personal use of government vehicles and clashes with now former Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen. Trump's actually nominated a man by the name of Jeffrey Byard to lead FEMA. But because he's not confirmed, Pete Gaynor is continuing to serve as the acting administrator and administrator of FEMA. So yesterday, Trump makes the announcement, oh, I'm staying here because of Dorian. I'm not going to go to Denmark and talk with the leaders there. I'm going to stay here and be ready and prepared with FEMA officials to combat Dorian. That's great. So you wouldn't expect people to start complaining that he's going to be surrounded by acting officials, would you? 
You wouldn't think that him staying would lead to a negative, and sure enough, this mainstream media Lee makes it a negative. Oh, wow, look at all the acting officials he's surrounding himself with. And we're going to talk a bit about uh, MSNBC tonight because Lawrence O'Donnell did actually something very admirable on MSNBC. But before him is Rachel Maddow. And Rachel Maddow seemed to be disgusted with the idea of acting officials. Take a listen to what she said uh, when Nielsen announced her resignation. I mean, just at Homeland Security alone, that means we will have an acting secretary. We'll have no deputy secretary. The number two official in the agency left a year ago and never got replaced. The next person down the chain of command is the number three official in the department. That's the person who is reportedly about to be fired as well. There's also an acting head of FEMA. There's now a new acting head of ICE. There's an acting inspector general at the department. We're soon to have an acting head of Customs and Border Protection once he becomes the acting secretary. We also are about, I guess, to have a new acting head of the Secret Service. I mean, when the new acting secretary of Homeland Security starts going to cabinet meetings and starts appearing at White House events and starts having to answer for the actions of his agency, he will be in good company in this administration. Because obviously there have been a lot of other departures and whatnot. But but my question is, why are we asking the question about these acting officials? Why aren't we saying, hey, you know, uh, we've got people here. We've got people here that need to be confirmed, Senate, U.S. Senate. Why aren't we asking the Senate why all these, is it too much? Is it too much for these acting heads of of very important institutions of the government, very important departments? Is it too much to ask the Senate why they haven't quite confirmed every one of these uh, nominations? It seems that uh, and it could quite possibly be the Democrats, even though the Republicans have a lead. It could be the Democrats continuing to drag the feet on nominations, not getting them through. And so that that serves up some fodder and some red red meat for people like Rachel Maddow, folks at CNN to say, hey, look at all the actings that are surrounding this president. Well, as far as I'm concerned, as long as they get the job done, then I'm OK. This is not Trump's doing that they're acting. And what do I mean by that? Because he's like, well, people are leaving all the time in his administration. And that's true. That's true. There's just a, a number of revolving door happenings almost every month. Today, another one, a, a personal secretary to Trump, Madeleine Westerhout, who was here since the beginning for Trump, since who was there from the beginning for Trump, I had to resign because of that. Off-the-record conversation she was talking to reporters, including a Washington Post reporter, which has been confirmed that it went around because he made it go around, this Washington Post reporter, whose name I'm trying to grab for you in just a minute. But if you're going to complain about the acting chiefs of staff and acting heads of departments, then, then ask the question. Why isn't the nomination of going through the Senate? What's stopping that? What's backlogging that? Not so much the fact that there is a backlog. Because Trump's trying to get everybody he feels fit into place. But but someone obviously here is dragging its feet. And for Maddow to continue to say, oh, this is a deliberate thing. 
I don't think it's deliberate. I think it's literally the Senate. Democrats. Because the Republicans probably want everyone they can get through. Uh, that's a Trump nominee. Somehow, someone and a group of people are dragging their feet on these confirmation processes. I haven't actually read one article that says, oh, guess who just got confirmed for, I don't know, Department of Homeland Security head, head of CBP, head of ICE. I haven't seen one iota of notification saying the Senate confirmed any of these people. So if you're going to sit there and write a headline, oh, look at how the acting officials are going to surround Trump. Well, people are in place. Senate hasn't confirmed. And by the way, the biggest story of all this isn't the fact that they're acting people in the administration around this FEMA, around this natural disaster that's about to hit America. The bottom line is President Trump stayed here to deal with this issue. He didn't go golfing while an American journalist was beheaded by ISIS. He didn't. He's not going away as Amer- as as this uh, country is bearing down for another natural disaster. He's not doing that. So I don't care how many acting officials are there. Would I like to see the Senate confirm some? That's why we pay tax dollars to get Senate <coughs> to confirm all these different nominees. But no. I can't fault Trump for that. I cannot. Keep it real with Alexander Garrett tonight. Keeping it real. Uh, Alex G in NYC is my Twitter. Alex G in NYC is my Twitter. Now, how about this one for you? (laughs) Try this one on for size. So, Washington Post reporter is basically confirmed of... Getting Madeline Westerhout to resign. Personal assistant Madeline Westerhout resigns as she divulged personal information about the Trump family on an off-the-record dinner with reporters. And first of all, if they say off-the-record... I guess today's world, you can't trust that. I don't know if you remember me talking about this, but when a Time magazine reporter was in the office with Trump and Sarah Sanders, actually, uh, Trump showed a very confidential letter from Kim Jong-un to this reporter. And the reporter, instead of honoring that it was confidential and off the record, decided to take a picture. And people are like, why are you threatening to throw him in jail? Well, that's confidential in the president's office. That's a national security risk if that thing gets out. Now, whatever gossip she might have been saying may not be a national security risk. And you would think the reporters would actually keep it off the record. But as the president noted on the South Lawn today before going to Camp David... The press breaks off the records all the time. And that's kind of true, it seems like. It seems like off the record isn't off the record in this presidency. It's, you said what? In a meet what? 
How many closed door meetings have actually come to light? I, I, with the hurricanes, Trump was said he had, he was behind closed doors saying he wants to nuke a hurricane. That's crazy. But again, that's that's behind closed doors. And there was more outcry about that, by the way, than there was that Joe Biden uh, completely made up a story on on this war hero. And you know, when the Washington Post debunks you, you know, and you're a Democrat, you know you've told a lie. You know it. And I'm a little concerned about this because listen to the way that he told this story today. It was very, very unnerving, if you ask me. Um, because... Why unnerving, you say? Because the fact is, Biden said this so aggressively, like it was extremely aggressive. Listen to this. Navy captain, Navy, Navy, up in the mountains in the Konar Valley in Afghanistan. One of his buddies got shot, fell down a ravine about 60 feet. Four-star general asked me whether I'd go up into the fob. Now, everybody got concerned of vice president going up in the middle of this, but there was, we can lose a vice president. We can't lose many more of these kids. Not a joke. This guy climbed down a ravine, carried this guy up on his back under fire, and the general wanted me to pin the silver star on him. I got up there and stand. It's the God's truth. My word is a Biden. He stood his attention. I went to pin him. I said, sir, I don't want the damn thing. Do not pin it on me, sir. Please, sir. Do not do that. He died. He died. Now, it's a very compelling thing, but it's also kind of tragic how he just seems to be irrational. He seems to be a little bit off the rails now. Every day there's something else, which is sad, considering that he always was the good guy persona. No matter how handsy he got, he always had the good guy persona. But now it's just become every day something's happening. And he said, like, you know, I'm a gaffe machine, but it's it's better than what we have in the White House. But the White House, who we have in the White House, is speaking the truth. The press breaks off the records all the time. And I'll, I'll give you an example of that. Because actually, while I, I praise Lawrence O'Donnell uh, for the correction he had to make, this first commentary he made on Tuesday night uh, in the handoff from Maddow to Lawrence's show on MSNBC just seemed outlandish from the beginning. We have some information in this next hour which would add uh, a great deal to their understanding of that, if true. Uh, and I'll be discussing it here at the in the beginning of the show. I want to get your reaction to it now because okay. I don't want you to leave the building. I'm not going to. You've now got uh, and, me. I'm and stuck. Hear, and hear about this later because I, because you, no one knows more about this subject than you do. So I want to get your reaction to what it could mean if true. And I stress if true because this is a single source okay. uh, who has told me that the Deutsche Bank obtained tax returns, which they do have, of Donald Trump's, show that the president pays very little income tax. Hmm. That's probably not going to be very surprising to people, probably not going to be especially politically damaging since he ran saying, I try to pay as little as possible. Then there's the other part, the loan documents. And that is part of what this subpoena is going after. And hmm. this single source close to Deutsche Bank has told me that the Trump, Donald Trump's loan documents there show that he has co-signers. That's how he was able to obtain those loans. 
and that the co-signers are Russian oligarchs. So that's a big bombshell. Oh, look, wow, Russian oligarchs. What a big hit and miss for Lawrence O'Donnell, but at least he had the respect of his job and of integrity to do this the very next night. Last night on this show, I discussed information that wasn't ready for reporting. I repeated statements a single source told me about the president's finances and loan documents with Deutsche Bank, saying, if true, as I discussed the information, was simply not good enough. I did not go through the rigorous verification and standards process here at MSNBC before repeating what I heard from my source. Had it gone through that process, I would not have been permitted to report it. I should not have said it on air or posted it on Twitter. And so right then and there, it's kind of interesting. He's admitting that, A, a one single source, you don't do this unless you're verified by two or three sources. Secondly, how do you not know you're not permitted to do this? I mean, good on you, Lawrence O'Donnell, for correcting the record, because that's how integrity should be. But I also wonder why you rushed to post it. But here's the biggest part of his contraction of the Tuesday night statement, uh, in my eyes anyway. I was wrong to do so. This afternoon, attorneys for the president sent us a letter asserting the story is false. They also demanded a retraction. Tonight, we are retracting the story. We and, and that's huge because, listen, these networks may rag on Trump and Trump may rag on them. And he may continue to say stuff like this, Donald Trump. The press breaks off the records all the time. But the, the thing about all of this, the last four, five, six years, uh, about five years, the big backdrop on all this is that they're codependent. MSNBC may rag on Trump as much as they want. They may even go rush on air with something that wasn't even verified and not even been permitted to talk about. And maybe, for all we know, not even true. If you think Trump is really dealing with Russian oligarchs while in, in the office, but yet expelling diplomats from Russia, I don't know where you think the two are, are, are compatible. How can you be dealing with Russian oligarchs? But, and this is before I understand, but... That, and if it was before president, even sure, even more. What does it matter if it was before president? But now that he's president and you're saying all this and it's, it's being debunked or not even uh, verified yet, it may never be at this point. He may have that one source and we may never know that it gets verified. We'll see. But the one underlying thing and why Lawrence O'Donnell Listen to the Trump attorneys. Listen to the president's attorneys. It's because he is show is codependent on covering Trump. Because people hate him, like him, love him, want to marry him. Want to say you want to take him to the schoolyard and, uh, you know, throw punches in the back like Joe Biden says. No matter what these media outlets want to do and how they want to cover it, even the New York Times to a big extent, they know that if the president comes down on you, you have to listen. 
Because you want him on his on your network, first of all. Secondly, you want to be able to exist and not be fined and not be under some duress for reporting false information if you want to stay relevant. So Lawrence O'Donnell not only did the integral thing, but it's obvious why he did it. Because he needs to listen to the president. He needs to have that relationship with the White House, even though it may not be there, but obviously them writing him, he has something of a relationship. So obviously, these retractions come about because people and reporters and journalists and anchors know that as much as they may hate his guts, they need to cover Trump and the Trump administration will make sure they get he gets covered fairly, which isn't a bad thing. As evidence this week with Lawrence Donald. But he didn't ignore the Trump administration and the Trump lawyers um, request. You know why? Because he needs to survive and exist to be able to cover Trump. Trump brings him ratings as lackluster as they may be. He brings them ratings. He brings CNN, whatever ratings they got. Because while they may say the failing New York Times or the failing CNN, or this, there's still ratings to be had. There's still etiquette to be done. If you're going to be a news network, if you're going to frame yourself as a news-oriented program, then yes, Lawrence O'Donnell, Lawrence O'Donnell, yes, you do. You do have to listen to the you have to listen to the president who report it i should not have said it on air or posted it on twitter i was wrong to do so this afternoon attorneys for the president sent us a letter asserting the story is false they also demanded a retraction tonight we are retracting the story we don't know whether the information is inaccurate but the fact is we do know it wasn't ready for broadcast, and for that, I apologize. And you listen to audio today, Joe Biden has not really been remorseful for saying on his family's name, by the way. And the general wanted me to pin the silver star on him. I got up there and stand, this is God's truth, my word is a Biden. My word is a Biden. He gets disproved by his own party, uh, you know, Homer paper, if you will, the Washington Post, gets disproved, still says, you know, what? what's wrong with what I said? What was wrong with it? And for a guy who has supposed class, and to be real, I, I don't often find that MSNBC has a lot of class when reporting the president on the president. But this week, Lawrence O'Donnell, a liberal-leaning newscaster, has shown more, more, more grace than Joe Biden has. And Biden was dealing with the military story. We, we should not stand for war stories that are false. 
Because there are real men out there dying. There are real people out there, men and women dying. Real men and women, real people fighting for their lives and fighting for America's life on the battlefield to keep America safe and survive for us. So I cringe every time I hear a war story that's been disproved. I really do. But the sliver of light is that maybe, just maybe, news integrity is making a comeback. That these wild assertions that Russian oligarchs are signing Trump's tax returns, even though we can't permit it, we're not even permitted to talk about it. We don't even have proof that it's verified. Even though they're rushing to those wild assertions, which is bad to begin with, to take it back is a step forward. Lawrence O'Donnell to take it back is a step forward and we should use that step forward to encourage more to a not rush into stories not get overreactive pretty darn quick oh I got a show tonight I got some great news to report well then the next night this happened Last night on this show, I discussed information that wasn't ready for reporting. I repeated statements a single source told me about the president's finances and loan documents with Deutsche Bank, saying, if true, as I discussed the information, was simply not good enough. I- and, and, and there you go. So maybe O'Donnell's walk back is a leap forward for all of us. Because if if one person could learn from that mistake, and I hope that O'Donnell does, then many other journalists, many other people, many others who like to say the first bit of article that comes out, oh, look at this. Maybe they can not rush to judgment anymore, not rush to the air with fake news. Not run around talking about what a White House assistant to the president was saying. Maybe as the president said tonight, breaking the pattern of the press breaks off the records all the time, breaking that off the record violation all the time. There's a culture now of violating policy. We saw it yesterday with the uh, Inspector General on Comey with the memo leaks. There's a culture of violation with which another guy, Brock, in Indiana uh, could get away with raping a woman behind a dumpster. And getting along, getting away with a slap on the wrist, and oh, oh, just being on the sexual offenders list. Not being in jail? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? There's a culture where violation is seemingly laughed off. And we can't. Lawrence O'Donnell violated the trust of maybe that even that single source. And he walked back that claim because he didn't even want to violate the president's lawyers and the president of the United States. He didn't even want to violate that office. 
on a network that seems to all the time want to violate what the presidents want to and, and I violate meaning cross boundaries that shouldn't even be crossed when it comes to talking about these, this president so let's let's work on not violating trust on not violating the policies and the procedures that we are to adhere to in our workplaces like James Comey clearly violated. He thinks it's great. I'm not going to be prosecuted. But you violated, sir. Something we don't want to, just because you may not be prosecuted doesn't mean you shouldn't, you should do it and should get away with it. And should act like you did get away with it. Because you just wasted our dime violating policies of your own employer, the FBI, James Comey. He won't walk it back. Biden won't walk it back. But for goodness sake, on MSNBC, one of the most anti-Trump networks, we heard this the other night. Last night on this show, I discussed information that wasn't ready for reporting. I repeated statements a single source told me about the president's finances and loan documents with Deutsche Bank, saying, if true, as I discussed the information, was simply not good enough. I did not go through the rigorous verification and standards process here at MSNBC before repeating what I heard from my source. Had it gone through that process, I would not have been permitted to report it. I should not have said it on air or posted it on Twitter. I was wrong to do so. This afternoon, attorneys for the president sent us a letter asserting the story is false. They also demanded a retraction. Tonight, we are retracting the story. We don't know whether the information is inaccurate, but the fact is we do know it wasn't ready for broadcast and for that, I apologize. And contrast that with Jim Comey saying, you should all apologize to me. I violated the policies, but you all should, vi- should apologize to me. Let's get on the lane of Lawrence O'Donnell, who through the whole week has shown more integrity than a lot of people out there. So give him kudos to that. And let's focus on the non-integral parts of our society. The lack of integrity that we just saw in a matter of days from Joe Biden and James Comey. And lash out at that. That's one step toward gaining a more trustworthy network of news. As if these outlets actually held Biden and Comey accountable like Lawrence O'Donnell held himself and his show and his network accountable. Amazing, isn't it? How some might say, look how foolish Lawrence O'Donnell, I don't think he looks foolish. I think he looks pretty mature with this one. He didn't want to violate anybody's trust or anybody's 
relationship he had with whomever. And the president still means something to Lawrence O'Donnell if he's correcting it. So let's encourage those who run with fake news and fake stories and off-the-record conversations. Let's talk to them and say, hey, you know, what Lawrence O'Donnell did there was pretty good. Let's follow that track. Let's follow that train of thought. And Jack, this may hurt Twitter Twitter CEO, this may hurt to know. But when you're shadow banning conservatives, when you're locking out the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, when you're violating free speech by locking out and shadow banning whoever you want to, you had to know your Twitter was going to be hacked today, right? You had to know that. Didn't realize you were hacked three years ago. But I think the, the uh, what do they say? The memo is out that your site is a bit of a joke. That's why they were able to hack into your account. Because they saw you as a joke. And we can't, we can't, we can't condone the tweets that were hacked. We can't condone the people that did hack your Twitter. That's an ugly scene as well. But you were also violating users' trust when you ban for things way less than what people like Louis Farrakhan and the brother of of the Young Turks guy uh, said. And you allowed that tweet Twitter to be open still. Let's change that. Change that quick. Have a great night. And let's act with more integrity. Can we? Can we be more straight arrowed? Like Lawrence O'Donnell was this week. When he clarified. When the Washington Post actually held their own guy accountable. Can we do this? Together. Because if we can't. And I don't know. Because at the end of the day, this song should and will remain true. I the law and the law won. I the law.